Jose, can you mute the other mics up here, please? Thanks. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it never turns back void. Thank you, Jesus, that um, our abilities in life uh, don't determine your abilities to succeed in our lives, Lord. Just ask God that you would just minister to all of us, Lord, in this room, and that none of us, Father, would leave this place, Lord, missing out on what you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So you guys ready for Christmas break? Yeah. <laughs> break from my teachers? I hope... Oh, oh my gosh, it's terrible. What? <laughs> I knew I wouldn't be able to sit. Wow. Wow. Now teachers are called prison guards. That's crazy. So what are you guys going to do for Christmas? You guys going to go out of town? You going to stay here? Owen and his buddy are still stuck on the teachers being prison guards. I don't need any names. Don't be dropping names of teachers. Hey, Gina's dad actually is a prison guard. (laughs) But he was a prison guard. And then he started teaching uh, tactical to uh, all the prison officers. Hold on, check it out. So uh, I'm going to share with you a little story. We're going to be all over the place tonight. Uh, in scripture but uh the other night i was listening to that song what's the title i know it's all sons and daughters what brokenness aside yeah and i was just hanging out with the lord praying and talking about my life and my struggles and everything and uh he just reminded me that uh this is gonna bother me do you want bibles all right, if anybody needs a Bible, Jordan will go grab some. Yeah, you want to help him? Go for it. Yeah, Jordan's in the back there. I'm totally rearranging their set here. Yes, you need a Bible? Okay. Yeah, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. If you guys can read these Bibles, your eyes are... Like, so perfect. So while they're handing these Bibles, I'll tell you the story. So I was listening to a song, and this is unfortunately a rarity. I really am terrible about this. I was folding some laundry. (laughs) I can't present it as like I'm doing anything great because I really don't do it consistently. So that's like a, well... Okay, so so while I'm folding these towels, okay, and sometimes like when you're doing something and you're hanging out with the Lord, like he ministers to you through what you're doing. And this is where the inspiration came from this message was me folding some towels, and I'll get to the point of this. What was that? Great story. Great story. So I'm folding some towels the other night, and I'm folding this one towel, and I had this thought. This towel has a purpose and it knows as if okay let's say the towel had a personality and the, the towel knows its job and hold on the towel knows its job and why it was made right and it will never become 
a car. A towel will never become a car. Never. It will never become a car. I'm not talking about origami. I'm talking about I, I was folding this towel and I had this thought that this towel will never become a car. There's a reason. Check this out. Hang with me. I know this is far-fetched. And, and the towel's never going to even try and become a car. It's just going to be a towel. It's always going to be used as a towel. So why do we try and be what God never intended us to be? And the question is, why are we here, and what are we made for? See, God's created us for a certain purpose. And sometimes we're trying to become something that God has not destined us to be. So while I was folding this towel, the Lord ministered to me that I need to be who I was created to be. And I need to remember what my identity is in Christ. So the question is, why did God make you? It's a long-term question. You'll be asking that for many years, I'm sure. But check this out. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Have you ever wondered why you're here? Why God created you? Check this out. Was it to satisfy a hidden need in him? Was it because God was was bored just hanging around forever in empty space doing nothing? Maybe it was because he was just curious and wanted to know what would happen if he made a bunch of people and put them on a planet in the middle of nowhere. Well, in Revelation 4.11 it says... Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. If you read in John chapter 1, verse 1, it also talks about that nothing wasn't made that was made unless it was made by Jesus. That's paraphrased. In the beginning was the word. So, everything existed was created by God. That includes us. But why, but why are you here? Christian, why are you here? Michaela, why are you here? Rachel, why are you here? This is a question. I want you guys to start thinking this. Why am I here? Johnny, over on the couch, trying to take a nap during worship. Why are you here? Besides hunting. <laughs> yeah, he is blending into that bush. He's all camouflaged. Where? Where's Johnny? <laughs> He's in the corner. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jordan, did you put Johnny in the corner? <laughs> Nobody puts Johnny in the corner. <laughs> okay, so check it out. Bring it back in. All right. So check it out. So, but why are, are you here? Why is Brian here? Why are you here? To find out why God made you, we have to look in the Bible. And a good place to start is in the Garden of Eden. So God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. Genesis 3.8 says this. And they heard the sound of the Lord, God, walking in the garden in the cool of the, of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God, among the trees of the garden. Now, all I want you to focus on is the first section of the scripture. And they heard the sound of the Lord, God, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. We'll leave it at that. We're going to go over the next section. 
So what does it mean for God to walk with them, being Adam and Eve? What does that mean? It means closeness, it means intimacy, and it means communion. Those are three very interesting things because those are what really drive our relationships. We want to be close to our friends, right? We want to have intimacy, and I'm not talking about kissing, okay? But we want, like, genuine relationships, And we want communion. Communion would be probably nowadays eating hot Cheetos and playing PS4. Okay. Whatever game console you love, throw it in there. I'd rather have a LAN party as far as I'm concerned. So, so number two, picture this. Adam and Eve and God literally walking next to each other in perfect harmony. Jordan, come here. So this is exactly how, of course, it's not Adam and Steve, you guys know that. It's Adam and Eve. But so, sorry. So, it, like Jordan and I walking like this, this is exactly how Adam and Eve were when they walked with God. Physically walking with God. Okay, you can sit down. Thank you. So they were walking, to, they were walking next to each other in perfect harmony. So there was no disruption, there was no sin, there was no disunity between God and man and woman. None. It was perfect. Why did God walk with them? Because he loved them. You guys remember that. He loved them. Because he wanted fellowship with them. I love this. God wants to hang out with you. God pursues you is that my wife, like, way in the way back saying, yeah? God pursues, believe it or not, God pursues you even when you're not thinking about him. He absolutely desires to hang out with you. His relationship, this relationship that he wants to have with you is closer than a boyfriend and girlfriend. It's closer than husband and wife. And he won't stay mad at you. <laughs> Gina and I, we have to work on forgiveness. God just forgives. Why, I don't know. Because he loves us. So he wanted fellowship with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? They hid themselves. Genesis 3.8. Here's the second part, right? And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So who came looking for who? God came looking for Adam and Eve. So here it is, Adam and Eve are totally like in the perfect communion with God. There's absolute peace, there's no sin, there's no anger, there's no tears, there's no heartache, there's no nothing negative whatsoever. And they sin. And they hid themselves because they're embarrassed. Because now they knew that they were naked because they had eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what happens here in verse 9 of Genesis chapter 3? But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? See, God passionately, he's absolutely passionately pursuing you and I. I've experienced in my life times of ebb and flow, up and down, up and down, and you know what? God continually pursues me. And what does this say about the Lord? This says that he's absolutely 100% in love with you guys. And his love will surpass any of your circumstances in your life. We'll get to a little bit more about God's love here in a second. 
So God covered Adam and Eve's sin. Check this out. Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. See, God made an atonement for them. This was the first act of God covering sin. I love that about God. When we're down on ourselves or if we fail in some way, that he, he covers us. He covers over us. He looks past some of the things that happen in our life, and he, his grace and his mercy covers our lives. So God made an atonement for them. They had been cast out of God's presence, but that isn't the end. God sought his people again. From the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve went out and had children who had children, etc., etc., etc. They filled the whole earth, and eventually after that, the Tower of Babel was built, and then after that, Noah and the flood, and God called Abraham to go to a new land, and Abraham became the first of God's chosen people who multiplied on the earth. They became enslaved in Egypt and eventually were freed by Moses after leaving Egypt and after the Ten Commandments had been given to the Jews. Check this out. God said something most interesting to Moses in Exodus 25, 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in the midst, in their midst. In there, right? Yeah. God wants to dwell, Bailey. Sorry. You guys are laughing too much while I'm talking. This is God's time, not mine, okay? God wants to dwell in our midst. So we have the tabernacle. So if you remember, God sought Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Here in the wilderness, he sought them again, his people. And why did he tell them to build a sanctuary? He needed a holy place to dwell he wanted to be among his people in a special way. The tabernacle, it was a movable tent, 100 cubits long and 50 cubits wide, about 150 feet long by 75 feet wide. And it had many furnishings, but the most important was the holy place and the holy of holies. And the holy of holies is where the Ark of the Covenant was, where Aaron's rod was, a jar of manna, and the Ten Commandments. The mercy seat was a top and made of pure gold with two angels fashioned in them. This was on top of the Ark of the Covenant. The tabernacle was where the yearly offering of atonement for sin would be made by the high priest. And after the tabernacle was built, then the temple was built. And the Holy of Holies was moved into there along with the Ark of the Covenant. This was with Israel up until the time of Jesus. So this theme here is that God wants to dwell with us. Okay? Why are we here? <laughs> So in the New Testament, God still seeks to be with his people. John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in John 1.14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's speaking of Jesus. Remember what I said a while back, and Christmas is coming up, and Jesus did not exist just because of Christmas. He always was. He was with God in the beginning. It's talking about beginning like when the earth was made and beforehand. So the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I love that about Jesus. He's full of grace, and he's full of truth. So the Greek word there for dwelt 
is skinu, kind of a weird word. It means to tabernacle. Remember we were talking about the tabernacle, right? So dwelt means to tabernacle, means to be with us. Again, God is seeking his people, but this time instead of dwelling in the te- in a temple, he was then walking around among the people. Jesus, who was God in the flesh, was again walking with his people just like in the Garden of Eden. But we know what they did to Jesus, right? They killed him. They killed Jesus. They crucified him. But God was not surprised by this. In fact, it was, it was part of his plan. Instead of making a sacrifice... By a high priest once a year in the Holy of Holies, Jesus became that sacrifice once and for all by dying on the cross so that we can believe in Jesus and be forgiven of our sins. See, again, this is God, Jesus, passionately pursuing us. He knew that when Adam and Eve fell, that sin was going to wreak havoc in the world. And the only way that we would be rectified or, or, or brought into right standing with God was through Jesus, his, his son, through the crucifixion of Jesus on the cross. John 3, 16, you guys probably know this, right? This is why it says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is what Christmas is all about. This is about Jesus coming to the earth. This ain't about Santa Claus, and it's not about Christmas trees. In fact, Christmas trees in the Old Testament are actually idols, believe it or not. It's funny that Keith over at North Valley sells them. Hey, man, everybody's got to make a buck. But this, is, but this is what Christmas is about. Jesus coming to the earth. I still trip out, man. We went, uh, we were really blessed. that Some of the staff got, were able to go see Lincoln Brewster play for his Christmas show. And in the end, he does this song, and he has this video about uh, Jesus being born. And I still trip out that the God of the universe, the, the, the one who, who, who spit in dirt and, and moved dirt around and, and healed blind people's eyes and who, who spoke demons out of people and did all these miracles, he was a baby. Like, what the heck? So God has experienced everything that we have experienced physically here on earth. I love that about him. You know, we can't, there's not, there is not one barrier, the, there's not one barrier between God and I I can't say to God, you know, God, you don't understand me. God absolutely understands every part of your life. He understands every issue, every concern. And beyond that, he's passionately pursuing you with his love. See, God is seeking us to hang out with him, to commune with him. So the nature of love is to give. What's the best thing God could give us? It was love. You know, that word is so skewed, we don't even understand really the depth of what love is. That word is thrown around so much in our society. But if you look at the Bible and you look at what Jesus did for our life, that's true love. And what's the best thing you can give? It's love. Love people by showing them Jesus, by being honest, good, and true. Again, we'll go back to 1 Corinthians 1.9. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. See, he wants to have fellowship with you because he loves you. 
Fellowship in Greek is the word koinonia. It means to hang out, break some bread, have some coffee, fellowship. How many of you guys like hanging out with your friends? Oh, and his buddy here, man, they're all chumming it up here on the couch. They're fellowshipping. They're in koinonia right now, man. Yeah, the way you guys are reacting is the way your guys' relationship with God should be. <laughs> God's not boring. He loves us so much. So koinonia, it means intimacy, communion, and fellowship. It's also translating the word communion, which is, you guys go to church much? You'll come, you'll come to the place someday when there will be communion. So when referring to that communion supper is what it's talking about. So the communion supper is a place of intense intimacy between God and the Christian. So when we take communion, we have this cracker. Usually it's unleavened bread, which means no yeast is in it. And we have juice. Grape juice, right. And, and, and the cracker represents the body of Christ. And the juice represents his blood that was shed for us. And so that's one of the commandments that's outstanding till Christ comes back for the church is to, to, to do that in remembrance of him. So when I take communion, I put that bread in my mouth and I crunch it and I think of Christ's body. And when I drink that, that juice, I drink and I think of Jesus' blood being shed for me and covering my sins, washing them away. You know, our church does that once a month here. And it's a really neat time because it's when I can literally reflect on the purpose that Jesus came to the earth for Brian. It was because he died for me and my sin so that I'd be set free from sin and death. And the same thing is absolutely available to any of you here tonight who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. See, the fellowship here with God, the Father must be, I'm sorry, this fellowship with God, the Father, must be through God the Son, Jesus. There is no other way. You have to go through Jesus. You cannot make yourself right before God by what you do, by what you think, or by being sincere. You can't even make your right, yourself right between you and God by going to church, by going to youth group. You can only be right before God by trusting in what Jesus did on the cross, by the sacrifice of himself so you could be forgiven of your sins and then be able to be with God forever. See, it's only through Jesus, which is why God made you to be with him forever. God wants to have fellowship with you through his son, and God wants to love you forever. So in conclusion, check this out. God wants fellowship with you not because, listen you guys, not because of what you are, but because of what he is. I love that. I'm so appreciative. I'm sure you guys can appreciate this too, that God's love for you and his concern for you and his compassion and his passion and his desire to pursue you has to do with him and his love. If it was conditional upon my experience or upon my ability to be able to make God happy, I, I fail the minute God met me. I wouldn't be able to do it. And I love that God doesn't hold that type of relationship. It's so backwards than the world. The world, like what Owen and his buddy were talking about, school, it's like prison guards. They require all these things, you know, to, to accomplish in school, right? But Jesus isn't that way. He does have a requirement, but it's not 
in condemnation. It's in love. So check this out. He's loving. He is giving. The best he can give is himself, and he did just that on the cross. He has given you the Holy Spirit so that you might have God living within you, not in a desert sanctuary or a stone temple, but in a living, intimate way. See, all these different things that we talked about, right? We got Adam and Eve walking with God, and then that got all jacked up. And then we had the tabernacle, right, which was the tent that was built in the desert, all right? So God wanted to hang out with his people. And then we had the the constructed temple that was in Israel because God wants to hang out with his people. And then God said, you know what? I need to send my son because all these other things haven't been good enough because God wants to hang out with us. So you can know him and experience him and feel him. He made the universe for you. He created you for him. So we'll go back to the title of this message. Why did God make you? God made you for him. To love you. To have a relationship with you. To hang out with you. And if anybody here tonight doesn't have a relationship with Jesus tonight's a night God's word says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead we'll be saved it's the simplest thing that a five year old can do it I was that five year old so as the worship team comes up and goes through our last song Gina said there's two songs I don't know. Look at the clock. So we basically walk through the whole Bible from beginning to the end, looking at God's desire to hang out with us. And I have to be reminded about that, and you guys do too every day, that God absolutely desires to hang out with you. And so as the worship team goes through the song, you know, we always open up for prayer. If you guys need prayer for anything, um, raise your hand, and one of us leaders will come pray with you, or if you want to go to a quiet place and pray. I totally messed up their stage. They're like, where's my microphone? It's over here. And if there's anybody here tonight, you know, that, that doesn't know the Lord that wants to have a relationship with Jesus, that wants to have that love forever, that God God never takes that love away. Um, I, I run away from God, but he always pursues me, you know. I was driving here, and... <sighs> so when I asked Gina to marry me, I was freaking out. I wasn't planning on telling this story. <laughs> And um, we were listening to this worship music. We are going to her dad's house, and I knew I was going to ask him if I could marry his daughter. And the music was heck loud, and Gene and I are just worshiping. You know, we're not quiet people. And the Lord ministered to my heart. He said, when you see the sky being pink, you'll know that it's okay to do this. So I ended up having to go to my car by myself to get some Benadryl because Gina's family has cats. And I'm reaching over 
to the glove box and I open it and I look up at the sky and the whole sky is pink. See, God does little things for us. Because remember the story of Gideon? Like God totally met Gideon where he was at. So I'm driving over here tonight and I'm thinking about God's faithfulness to my life and just where I've been this last week. And the whole sky wasn't pink, but there was pink in the clouds and it was the same color that when that happened with Gina and I. Yeah, the sunset, yeah. And so the Lord reminded me again on the way here that he's faithful, okay? And he's faithful to meet me where I'm at, and he's faithful to meet you guys where you're at. So if you guys need prayer for anything tonight, you know, don't hesitate, raise your hand. And if anybody here doesn't know Jesus, does not have a personal relationship with him, come and talk with one of us. And we'd love to pray a prayer with you, and and you could start off in your amazing adventure with Christ today. So let's, let's close in prayer. Father God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you, Lord, that we're not stuck being sinners, Lord. That you make us beautiful and you do amazing things, Lord. And Thank you for not ending this life with Adam and Eve or with the Israelites or with anybody that dissed you, Lord, and disobeyed you, God. That you continue to, to prove, God, your love and your grace and your mercy, Lord. Just pray for each and every person here tonight, God, that you would just move upon their hearts as you see fit, Jesus. Lord, that you would just mold their hearts and Holy Spirit draw them to you, Lord, as you see fit. And just thank you for your word, God, and that we were made to be with you, God. Just thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So does anyone here have anything on their heart they want prayer for? Just raise your hand. We'll come pray for you. It's not to embarrass anybody. discount an opportunity to have somebody pray for you. If you really have some something on your heart, it means that the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, I, I need to talk to somebody. I, want, I need prayer. Rachel, can you come pray with, um, with Gabby? This is Rachel, Gabby. That's Jose's wife. He's running the DJ stuff. I know it can be nervous sometimes, like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to talk to somebody, you know, or, or that's, that's dumb. Why, why would I have to tell somebody to pray over me? But God's word says that if we, if we talk to, you know, someone we trust, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this, that, that the person who prays over you, there's a, there's something that happens with that, you know, even if you don't see immediate response in your life. But God answers prayer in his timing. And he's so faithful. Does anybody else need prayer before we close tonight?
Is there anybody here who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus? That's awesome. Dude, we're going to have a party in heaven when we see each other. So the worship team can keep playing for the next couple minutes, but I'm going to close in prayer. Father God, thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your love, Lord. And just ask, Lord, even if there's somebody here tonight, Lord, that was too afraid to raise their hand, that's okay, Lord. I, you understand. You see, Lord, our hearts. You see our minds, God. You see all these things. And so, Lord, I just ask, Lord, every, each and every person here, Lord, each and every young person here, God. I pray that you would meet their needs, Lord. You meet their family's needs, Lord. God, that you would radically transform their lives, God. You would be so so great in their life, Lord. Just thank you, Lord, for everybody here, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.